Well, hey there everybody. Guess what? We are here for life downloaded and we're not live. No, this is pre-recorded. And do you know why it's pre-recorded? Because for the first time in nearly two years, I am sat in the same room as my podcast wife, the lovely Samantha Reg. I feel like you're more excited about being able to touch me than possibly the football results from the other night, England. England, obviously, coming home. Um, But I think this is more cause for a celebration. I think so. Um, It's quite scary. Two years, Danny boy. Danny boy. I don't even know how that song goes, but I feel like I need to sing. Um, We are back. You made uh, your long journey, your pilgrimage, as I often say. My pilgrimage to (laughs) Shayrank. To Shayrank. It's nice to have you back. And I have, like, completely redecorated my house. New sofa, new table. Everything's moved around. It's true. Clearly lockdown uh, boredom got to my wallet. Um, And, yeah, so you're in a completely different environment. Um, Even Lola didn't recognise you and told you to go and do one. She hissed at you. She did. Which is so not a Lola thing, but I think she was like, oh, God, Mum, you're not starting this up again with these men coming round. (laughs) You know? Uh, But it is good to be back. It's taken us. So we've had everyone welcome back. It's so nice to be back to normal i mean even though we love the light we will still be doing live sessions oh yeah don't you worry um depending on whether dan can be bothered to make it to london i think that will be the, the deciding factor but um it was nice we had a good old chat we had some food we've um had our mango puree juice i've had a ginger shot which has uh, made me want to go to the toilet. Um, Would it be a life downloaded <laughs> podcast if you didn't want to go to the toilet, Samantha Rank? No, absolutely not. So I feel completely at home. But it has taken us a little bit of time to get set up, hasn't it? Like a ridiculous amount of time. It has. We, uh, we, I mean, <laughs> we're recording now and it's 2.32pm <gasps> in the afternoon. Oh you, okay, cool. So we've been chatting for about an hour and a half, which is lovely because I have missed this gorgeous, handsome fellow um, who now looks like Shaggy from Shaggy Doo. Shaggy, <laughs> Shaggy, Shaggy, Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo, there you go. You got there um, in the end. But yeah, we are back. It feels, do you know what it is, Dan? It just feels nice to be doing things normally. Although I have absolutely loved the fact that we can do things remotely. Like it has been a joy for me. I think my mental well-being, I know this sounds, um, I know this sounds maybe perhaps um, to some a bit disrespectful because the past two years has obviously taken its toll on many, many people with, when it comes to mental health. Um, but for me, my anxiety and my PTSD is definitely triggered by physically having to go go somewhere. So getting on yeah. either public transport, getting into a taxi, trusting, trusting that a building's going to be accessible. Um, you know, all that kind of anticipation can really, really uh, play havoc on my mental well-being. So being able to do things remotely, and I'm sure I am speaking for many people who also have, uh, you know, a disability and feel very similar to me. Um, uh, it has been nice, but now sat here next to you, it's been like, oh yeah, I have missed, I have missed this. You know, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to just. I don't know, I would like have a kick up the arse and do things properly. 
Although yeah. I'm still looking like a hobo. Like, I'm not really made much of an effort for you to... Well... Know. You know, you've mentioned it already, but this is the first time you've seen my new curly locks in person. This is <laughs> probably officially the first time I've actually met Bruno. Oh, Bruno! My bet. Oh, I better not speak too loud because it'll, it'll come. Who, it'll come in the room. Who decided I was a pirate and he was going to be my parrot as soon as I walked through the front door. Absolutely. So anyone who's new to Live Downloaded, I have got two Sphinx cats. Um, so they're the ones, if you watch Friends, they're the ones that um, Rachel gets. And Joey's like, it's not a cat. They're the naked feline. So I, I actually got Lola. So when we started the podcast, I got Lola, my little girl. And that was fun because Lola just just doesn't particularly like men. And when she was a baby, every time Dan would come round, she would just attack his legs. Um, so that was, you know, and we used to have to lock her in the other room. She used to cry through the door and it used to break my heart. So every time we finished the podcast, I was like, right, Dan, you need to get out now. Bye. You need to go now. Um, chuck, chuck you out straight away. But little Bruno is a lockdown baby. No, 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 no. I've not been fornicating with cats. I just I just bought bought, bought Bruno from a breeder. Indeed. Um, so, yeah, you haven't. What do you think of my little Bruno? Yeah, he's not bad. He's still naked. Um, <laughs> but, no, he's, he's lovely. But, like I say, he, he, as you said to me when I walked in, he's used to climbing on my shoulder, so that was first port of call and I've got slightly bigger and wider shoulders than Sam so I think he enjoyed I think he be, being able to actually physically sit yeah. on my shoulder well now he's getting bigger and bigger um, he kind of he, he kind of sits on my chest like on my on my boobies yeah. he kind of sits like that and when he was little it was fine it was cute but now he's like full grown cat and he just still wants to crawl on and I'm only like three foot nine so I'm only petite myself and I've got this cat and it's just quite comical because you can see his little back legs trying to like to find, <laughs> find purchase to yeah but God bless him he still wants cuddles with his mummy so um, it's very very endearing but it is quite comical now because I've actually got to sit back like tilt back so that he can like spread across my entire torso you know uh, but he is adorable. I'm sure anyone who has got pets uh, during lockdown knows that it's just been it's been wonderful having their company. Even though I, you know, there's been a few times where they've they've pushed my pushed my buttons. Push your buttons. Push my buttons. Uh, I don't know what accent that is, and I apologise. A slightly tragic Irish one. Of um, <laughs> you know what? This is why I have not become a successful actress because my accents are. <laughs> Quite bad. Quite bad, Dan. Well, Quite bad. Well, you know. Um, Mine aren't great either. <laughs> well, we, to, to be fair, we technically could have um, done a, a life downloaded um, pre-record and... Um, a few months back when I returned from shielding, we technically could have done because this is obviously a work this is a work engagement and um, both myself and Dan um, have had our vaccines and obviously being on the hashtag vulnerable list, whatever that means, um, you know, we would have made made precautions and we did kind of contemplate it when I moved back to London. However, we have both been incredibly busy, busy bees. So we have indeed. Let's give you a little bit of a quick kind of like rundown of what we've been up to the past couple of months and then we will be talking about something amazing because it is obviously July down and what is July apart from the football apart from the football July is officially disability pride month Woo-hoo! 
<laughs> and we'll be explaining about what that is. But since we've not podcasted for a while, what have we been up to? I have been consulting. I now consult people and tell people what to do. Yeah, you. You've got a proper job like me now. Well, not quite. Uh, but I, can, I consult with film and television and media companies with a wondrous company called Sea Talent. And we help TV production and media companies make sure that their representation of deaf and disabled people is on point and in turn all the sets and stuff when they're filming are accessible, the scripts are good and you may or may not have seen some of our work in the brand new National Lottery Good Causes commercial I saw, I saw, yes. I saw I was so proud moment, proud, proud pod wife moment there with, with the amazing Echo as lead man skating on skate parks fighting Vikings on beaches and playing xylophone on dinosaurs of course, yes. you know, just on a standard day. Um, I have seen that. That's really, really interesting, and that's something that really excites me because I think when we talk about um, diversity and we talk about inclusion, particularly when we are encouraging more deaf and disabled artists, you know, you kind of forget a little bit like things, things like you know the sets or um, uh, the scripts. And when I did my feature film, Little Devil, which you know was like 2012-13, so quite some time ago now. Um, that was something that myself and Max Barber, really the producer-director, had to think about. And I, we hired out um, just like a collapsible wheelchair. I think we got it from like Argos, you know, one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't actually, it's not self-propelling. You need someone to, to push it. To push. But Max was, for the majority of film, and he was in the other chair. So our eye lines were kind of exactly right. And someone would, if I was wheeling, someone would pull him back. So obviously it wasn't a big movie set, so we didn't have no. uh, running running tracks or anything like that. No, no, no. But even just that, and even looking at the script and going that, you know, that's not how I would say that or I wouldn't identify like that. So it, it there's so many opportunities for disabled people to become involved in the industry that it kind of baffles me sometimes when you do look at look at reports like the doubling disability which uh, Dan will kindly br- will briefly explain what it is but you know there's, there's reports that come out uh, that are basically say that you know um, the industry still isn't doing enough to, to, to engage with deaf and disabled artists and facilitate you know um, for them to have gainful employment um, if you, do, would you like to like just say what what double injustice? He's looking. Dan is looking at me now, like with daggers. He's um, literally like, "We did not discuss this <laughs> we beforehand. Know. Why are you?" Um... No, we did not discuss this beforehand. <laughs> you don't have to. But thank. Like... <laughs> but thankfully, Samantha Rank. Thankfully. You know your stuff. I know my stuff. So the doubling disability report came out from a place called the Cultural Diversity Network, or CDN, which is supported by all the major broadcasters here in the UK. So the BBC, ITV, Channel 4, Sky and Viacom, um, who own Channel 5. And their aim is to double disability representation both on screen and behind the camera. However, this report that was released recently, and I can't quote the figures off the top of my head, I'm not that good, (laughs) but basically said, we're by no means good enough and we need to up our game because we're not going to meet our own targets to double disability representation. So there's a lot of work to be done. And between various groups and bodies, be that 
see talent, be the work that Sam does on her own because she's an absolute dynamo, <laughs> be that the um, disabled artist networking community, be that various other consultancy companies that are out there, you know, other brands are available. Um, and just deaf and disabled talent themselves. There is a wealth of knowledge out there that these companies need to use. And if they want to achieve their targets, they need to use it. And they need, to, if they've got questions, they need to ask the people that know. And and that's, you know, as well as my acting stuff, which is still going on because I'm still doing bits and pieces. Stuff that I can't talk about because I'm signed to secret embargo, agreements. Embargo, embargo, embargo. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm signed to secret in- ingredients. No, not ingredients. Agreements. <laughs> um, so I can't talk about it. But you know, so you might be seeing me soon. Um, yeah, you need to work with companies like that because that's the only way these these broadcasters are going to achieve their goals. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I mean, I uh, again because I'm a, a little bit under contract and things, and there's a, a few really great broadcasters and organisations that I am now uh, doing steady, doing some kind of steady, kind of reoccurring work and consultancy work. So I'm super excited about that. But it's it's a real funny one because I can work with some really really big organisations and companies or brands, and then I'll go to smaller, you know, kind of organisations. So there's a real there's a real kind of difference in, in people that I engage with. And I think we're at this weird turning point now where um, it kind of makes it quite difficult for a trainer, actually, because a few years ago, everyone was kind of very, very much at the beginning and, and you know, doing just the basic training would cover everyone. And then there'd be a lot of, there'd be a lot of like, wow, gosh, didn't know that. And, you know, some of the figures, like how, like, you know, one in four, five people have a disability soon to be one in four all these kind of you know uh, when you're a consultant or a disability advocate you know these are the figures and stats that you have at the drop of your hat um and they are real kind of like your you know droppers in that respect i nearly said knicker droppers but that's completely different well there might be well there might be um but now what we're seeing is because people have definitely started investing in disability awareness so you know the purple pound is a big you know, uh, turning point for many of them. They've recognised that, you know, there's money to be made in disability. And just, you know, um, even the the ripple effect from Black Lives Matter, we can't deny that that has um, kicked a, a lot of people in the derriere in the sense of, uh, uh, you know, ex- acknowledging their privilege and acknowledging that they aren't doing enough and disability should all... Uh, uh, Diversity also should include disability. So it's that weird. I don't know whether you'll find it as well. Like sometimes I just don't know what to expect from a from a client anymore. Like sometimes they'll go in and they're looking at me as if like as if yeah, like why are you why are you tell we know all this and then they'll throw like a word at me. I'm like wow. Quickly, let's look under the table. Go to Wikipedia because that's a new thing. So I learned recently about like code switching and um, uh, masking and, and covering and, and things like that. And um, so I was, you know, which is amazing because for me, I am an academic, so I like going back and then learning or targeted universalism, which is kind of one of the buzzwords at the moment. And um, so it's really great. I am learning, but it's, it's, a, it's a weird place to be because you then go and do another talk or a keynote or engage with another organisation and they are not on that level whatsoever. 
So I think what I'm trying to say from just going on and on, it's nice because I actually can now see change happen. You know, I think sometimes to say definitely disabled people, uh, and rightly so, the frustration comes when we are having the same conversations that we were having ten years ago, and um, and that's where that's when we start to get a little bit annoyed and a little bit angry and frustrated because it's like, okay, but we told you this. We've been through this. We told you what the issues are. This is 10 years on. Why aren't things changing? And I feel like, don't get me wrong, we still have a long way to go, but I definitely feel there's, there's a, a positive culture emerging. The, you know? I don't know. Do you, do you feel that as well, Dan? Or, I, or am I in my own little bubble? Uh, no, no. I think, But this is the thing. I think, I think there is definitely a shift, and I think people are starting to definitely you know reach a point where they're like there are people that know there are people that are interested there are people that are invested and I think there's more of those people yeah. however I do think it's still very much because I work with organisations that shall remain nameless of course um that you think should be on their game because of who they are. Yeah. And yet they've got the most work to do. Mm. Oh, absolutely. So I think, I think, yes, there is a cultural shift. I think the world is becoming more aware, Mm. for sure. And much like you, I go into every consultancy meeting going, right, where do I need to pitch yeah, this? Yeah. Where, where are we at? Where? And that's one of the first questions I ask new companies that I might be t- potentially be working with. I go, right, what level are yeah. your staff, your crew, your people, what level are we at? And it's a tricky one as well because a lot of um, people may have already had disability inclusion training but then the questions that I then ask and this isn't perhaps a controversial one but I stand by it was your trainer deaf or disabled (laughs) you know um how long ago was that and how long was the course you know if it was a 45 minute thing then I'm sorry that for me yeah you can't you can't do disability equality in 45 minutes you can do a basis yeah because yeah. we've done a basis here on, on Life Downloaded in a 45 minute episode absolutely like you can do a basis for sure but you cannot fully suss out no. disability equality in 45 minutes it's not going to happen sorry companies that is absolutely true and I'm trying to think of a really good segue here but I'm not I'm just going to be absolutely blazing and uh, well what I've been up to is doing a music video with Boy George so well, kind of like, um, well, you know, work. I, do you know what? This is something. If you've not um, seen it yet, it is a music video and the song. I mean, the song's fantastic. See, um, I, I could have given you your segue. Oh, go on then. But let's go back. Let's Can rewind. <laughs> rewind. So what we're saying is, everybody. <laughs> Is that when you're dealing with disability equality training, you need to employ the likes of C Talent or Samantha because our training, unlike some older training or some other individuals that aren't as versed as we are, is the best thing since sliced bread. There you go. Oh, speaking of the best thing since sliced bread, and if you are listening from anywhere outside the UK, that is a very, very um British phrase. Yeah, 
British phrase, which basically means that you are the best. You just, you just, you just a shit. You yeah, know? there's you no, there's nothing shit. better there's than sliced bread. And um, and that is happy to be done. The, <laughs> the latest song from Lovely Boy George and Culture Club. And guess who? Guess who co-produced it? Uh, the music video and starred in it. Oh, I'm not sure. I'll, so. give, I'll give you one guess. She, she sat right next to you. Lola the cat? I know. Well, she, oh, my God. Lola and Bruno were actually in the video. So, technically, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, so, uh, thank you for indulging in my little moment there, everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I did do a little music video uh, with Uncle Boy George. He's not really my uncle, and I don't think he appreciates me calling him Uncle Boy George, but there you go. You don't always get everything that you want in life, do you? <laughs> Boy George, if you're listening, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sure he listens all the time to Live Downloaded, because he would be a fool not to. Um, so, now, how did this come about? Right, so... When I first moved to London, I was a little bit of a rebel. Um, I say a rebel, no, let's not say that because that's some negative undertones. I just wanted to be free and explore and um, explore everything London had to offer. And I was very much, um, although I was in my 20s, I kind of relived my youth because my youth was spent um, in a rather codependent relationship, in a in a very kind of um, dark place, in the sense that um, I wasn't a very happy youngster. So I didn't really do anything that I wanted. There was no there was no kind of rebel rebel moment or teenage Te- teenage tearaway yeah, moments. No, I was just a good I was, I was just a good girl. So definitely, when I moved to London, I let loose and I. I would spend a lot of my weekends in clubs in Vauxhall, which is predominantly known for LGBTQ plus um, nights. Um, although I'm a cis-hetero female, um, I all my friends were gay, gay guys. And I just used to love hanging out in the clubs and it was great. And they became my adopted family. And many of them still absolutely are. But um, Boy George used to DJ at quite a few of the events and he was friends with mutual friends. And it's weird because we were we we've been in the same room together quite a few times. Like I used to be in the same room, but you know what it's like when you're in a wheelchair and you're in a club and it's busy and you don't want to be that person. Whereas like I don't want to go right to the front, you know. You don't want to be that person. So yep, it was weird. Yep. But he was. I think the, the first club night I ever went to, it was called Deluded, and he was DJing. And it was that moment where I was like, wow, I'm in London, partying on my own like you know out and about and boy George is, is the DJ so anywho fast forward a couple of years and we kind of knew one another then I did the Maltesers and he he loved the Maltesers advert and apparently he became a fan it's a bit weird saying he's a fan of mine and then um, we were going to do some fundraising for my wheelchair and things and just we just kind of connected and then we kind of lost connection both our faults and then during lockdown he obviously wrote this album and he messaged me right at the beginning of the first lockdown he was like I love I love no it wasn't the first lockdown hang on sorry I will get this story right in my head it was kind of around that time but I think it was when it wasn't locked down completely it was when we were still a bit up in the air and everyone was like oh is this dangerous is it not so I was going to, he said learn the song come in my studio because he's got a studio and we'll um you can lip sync and then obviously lockdown completely happened and we were like, oh, and then it was like, do you still want me to do it? And this, that and the other. And I went back to Lancashire 
and we still stayed in contact and he was like just again learn the song and then go like on snapchat or do some sort of weird like a filter and i was like darling <laughs> i'm an actress darling like i don't just do snapchat filters and i was and all of a sudden i just came up with this different character because the song is about being quite self-assured someone trying to break up with you and you're basically saying to them how dare you break up with me i'm the best thing since sliced bread like i'm amazing like how dare you and in my mind i just had this really eccentric woman who is a bit narcissistic a little bit like myself like a little just a little bit like do you not know who i am you know like absolutely mortified that someone would break up with her so i started I started filming all different, and you know I like my fashion. I had I had my PA ship all of my like all my fur coats, not real fur, obviously. Sorry, Peter. Um, faux fur coats and all like lots of props. And she sent me a massive box up to Lancashire of all my clothes. And um, and I just designed. I just did all these different characters. One of those characters is me, a little bit tipsy, like the night. You know, like drank a little you. bit too much. And then on the toilet, you know, like with with I had this turban on and yeah. my makeup. And your time. your mascara down your eyes. I remember that. Oh my goodness! Well. So I filmed this at my mum's house, and so I sat on the toilet. Uh, sorry if this is boring, but I need. <laughs> it's a moment. Yeah. It's a moment. It's Let's a moment. share and I've got my little tripod with my camera this is just for anyone who's like how can you do a music video with with no resources with no help with no like you know um it can be done people so I'm sat on the load my wheelchair is in front of me so I can transfer but then I put the, the tripod which is like four pounds on Amazon with my phone I've got my laptop in the corner playing the music my mum is sat behind my wheelchair on the floor in the bathroom and I say to her listen to the song when it does this word pass me the big bottle of the the glass of wine and then when it says this word pass me the toilet roll you know because I want it off camera but I want that kind of um, seamless look so that it looks like no one's passing it to me I just kind of appear with a toilet roll or I appear with a Oh my dear God! I mean, I love my mum to bits, and she really helped. She really helped film this video. She was my like DOP. There you um, go. Everybody needs a good DOP. Everyone just need a good DOP. Um, and and it was funny because she just kept she kept like missing it, missing when she had to pass me stuff. I'd scream. I'd, like don't scream at your mum, but I was screaming at my mum, going, "Will you listen? Listen to the words and you pass me that." So it's really funny when I now watch the video back. Not only am I immensely proud, and um, Uncle Boy George absolutely loved it, and he even went on um, a daytime uh, or uh, an evening show, and he actually said that like once he watched, once he watched uh, it, what I sent the footage to, him, he actually had to step up his own game because I thought that was beautiful. But so I'm immensely proud, but it's also really nice. And this is why I like working in the arts because you have this polished, you have this polished kind of piece at the end, don't you? Very you do. You do a podcast, but the memories that are made around, so the backstage, the you know the the the, te- the outtakes, the, yep. the 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 what's it called the blurb the blunders oh bloopers bloopers you know all that is kind of it's kind of what what makes everything so even when I watched the whole video back he actually didn't 
there was one bit, because it was my birthday, and I filmed one bit with my birthday cake, because I kept it, and I was like, no one took the birthday cake, because I need it for filming. So no one, like, my birthday cake went um, stale, but it had frosting, so I like licking the frosting off, and I even like pretend to put some on my nipple and all sorts, just to be <gasps> cheeky. Oh, obviously over the clothes, but he did put it in. So I'm going to be meeting up with him soon, and I'm actually going to ask him whether he just forgot about that footage that I sent because it was one of the first footage. So maybe he completely forgot, or was it actually a little bit... Too risque. Too risque. I think it might have been a bit too risque. <laughs> I think I think you might have been struggling to get that out pre-watershed. So okay, so maybe I should... Mate, should I upload it onto onto my Instagram? Go outtakes. I should do. Maybe this one or, made the cut. Or get get Uncle Boy George for calling him Uncle Boy George <laughs> to do a director's cut. A director's cut. Yes, absolutely. I'll have words with him. But I kind of want to know because I really like that. I thought felt like I looked, like looked quite pretty with my little birthday outfit on and everything. I was like, why? Well, the cats made the cut. Both, both Lola and Bruno were in it. As long as they got a decent fee. Well, they, they got a bigger fee than me, to be quite honest. Do, do you know, true story, I did a theatre show once, just on a segue, but as we're talking about animals getting paid more, I did a theatre show once, and it was a development of a new show from a, from a wonderful writer called James Baldwin. And... There was a live chicken on stage. As you do. Mm-hmm. It was an amazing thing to be a part of, but I can officially state the chicken got paid yes. more than me. Yes, this is this is what we like to hear. The chicken got paid more than me, and it was all due to new animal licensing laws that had come in three weeks before. <laughs> so I have officially been outpriced oh, by a chicken. You can put that on your grave. I can. Chicken got paid more than him. I love that though. And do you know what? Like Lola and Bruno have been on TV about the same time as about as many times as I have now. Well, see, this is the thing. Like, if they've been on TV as many times as you have, they've probably been on... Because I do a lot of theatre work rather than TV. They've probably been on TV more times than I have. So... Oh, well, get the getting up there. So... To be honest. I, 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 don't, I feel somewhat inadequate right now. I know. Well, you should. This is probably why Lola hissed at you. She was like... She's like, you? I'm a star. <laughs> I'm a star now, darling. <laughs> Did you not know? <laughs> I love it. So yeah, um, that was something that I did during lockdown, and it, I, you know, what I really enjoyed about it is obviously getting dressed up and and like you know lip syncing to a Boy George, um, uh, you know, like song, which is which I really enjoyed the song as well, which really helped. Um, but but the directing part of it, I actually really really enjoy it, and I think because I've got quite a um, an imagination, shall we say. And I never really get... Because, do you know what puts me off? And people might be able to relate. I'm really bad at technology. I'm bad at, like, I can't really edit. This is why I don't have a YouTube channel. Like, editing. And I, I know if I put my mind to it, I could do it. But it doesn't interest me. And I, I'm a bit naff. And I get very frustrated. If things don't go my way, I will throw a laptop out of the room. Like, you know? That's why I'm here. That's why you're here. Otherwise, this would totally be a solo this podcast. Would totally, no, I love your company. Um, I need a husband in this um, in this little adventure. But 
but no, I like I just I just it just doesn't work for me. So you know when you see like all these young people and they're so amazing and creative, and I do get that whole oh I wish I wish you know when I was at school I did Photoshop or I got to learn this or that but you know I think I think you and I are similar same age that we were just on that cusp of you know our mobile phones were still bricks. Yeah. Our, you know computers were still we still had to program in ringtones by pressing number keys absolutely, in order absolutely you know and, and we still had floppy disks and you know all this kind of stuff so i kind of feel like you know we've missed out on on that a little bit so that's probably why i haven't been that creative but doing this video I and mean, it's nowhere near polished or anything like you know uh but it's i i like it it's it's, it's, it's a little glimpse into my mind if anyone was ever interested. If you want to know what Sam's mind looks like, <laughs> watch the music video to Boy George's Best yeah. Thing Since Sliced Bread. That's a statement I never, ever thought I would say <laughs> in my life. But it's happened. It's yeah. life downloaded. And you know what, my dear? My lovely, lovely podcast wife. Yes. I am proud of you. Oh, thank you. I'm proud of you, my darling. Oh, well, there you go. So, but while we're talking about proud, <laughs> do you see what I did there? Do you see what I did there? Basically, he's not really proud of me. He's just looking for a really good segue there. No, no, but... Rude. <laughs> I am entirely proud of you. But talking about being proud, we said we were going to talk about it, and it is July, which is officially Disability Pride Month. Woohoo! Um, Not to be confused with our lovely friends in the LGBT community no. who have their own Pride Month. No, no, exactly. And I think also, like, um, disability pride isn't just for LGBTQ plus disabled people. No. Disabled people. It is not. That's the differenti- differentiation. Differentiation. There you go. You got there. You no, got there. No, I nearly got there. Um, so, yes. Uh, don't worry if you've never heard of it because I hadn't heard of it until maybe two, three years ago. Mm-hmm. How about you, Dan? Yep, I heard about it when you told me about it. Oh, so there you go. There you go. I'm, a, I'm a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> See, she's she's pretty good at this <laughs> stuff. <laughs> um, so yes, very very quickly, it did. It probably because it's not so well known, particularly in the UK, because it it. it it came about after the um, emergence of the ADA, so the American... Um, the Americans with Disabilities yeah, Act. Yes, there you go. Um, 30 years ago, and it came about through that. And slowly over the years, it's kind of... We've... we've is it reclaimed? No, appropriated it. I appropriated suppose. it, That's yeah. We've, we've kind of gone, oh, we like that. Yes. In the same way that 18-year-olds, you know, went, oh, we quite like the idea of a school prom. We went Disability Pride. Oh, we'll have yeah. that. Oh, right, that one. We'll have that. Uh, so it's relatively new. And for, for a lot of disabled people, you know, they're not too sure on it. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. You know, we're not judging you if you're not feeling it. And, you know, they can, it gets compared to LGBTQ plus Pride. Of course it does. It's got a similar name. But, and it's like a month after. Exactly. Which, you know, just makes it all the more confusing. <laughs> Well done, whoever planned that. I know, right? Um, <laughs> but no, and I think, you know, and we're going to tell you a bit more about it, really. Yeah, so I actually wrote, um, of course I did, because everything I write uh, about, we chat about normally in um, Life Downloaded. So I also write for the Metro. I've got a fortnightly column, and um, I wrote about it, and I, I basically wrote about what I, what I think of it and how I have pride. But I also, I feel like this... This column, I was very mindful 
I spoke to a lot of people and got their, their true thought. Although I didn't quote people in it this time, I kind of asked people what they genuinely thought about it. And I kind of, I wrote a very balanced approach because as we know, some people don't identify as being disabled, even if by law, under the definition of the disability, uh, well, the under the Act, Under yeah. the UN Declaration of it, Human Rights. Exactly. And, um, and all that it, kind of stuff. Exactly. So, but you may still not you know, identify or use the word disability. No, um, or disabled or Yeah, exactly. So, and also, a lot of people, and I definitely went through this when I was younger, um, I hated being disabled. Like, you know, there was no pride there. If anything, I wanted everything to to get rid of my disability identity. Um, and I would never have been encouraged to feel pride in it, rather the opposite, to feel ashamed or to feel like it was a bad thing. So, mm. there's... Like Dan said, there's no judgment there if you don't, um, if you don't, you know, kind of subscribe to it. I think for me, and um, I, <laughs> when I when I wrote this in the Metro, it kind of they they said maybe we should edit the editor was like maybe we should edit this little last this last quote by you or this last paragraph by you because it makes you sound a little bit what was the word a little bit harsh or a little bit cold. Let's soften it up. But what I was trying, the point I was trying to make, and I obviously didn't do it very eloquently in the in the um, in the column, was basically that even if you don't like pride, the disability pride, you think it's tokenistic, you think it's shallow, you think it is, uh, you know, pressuring people to feel something they shouldn't, or is even exclusionary. I can't say the word today. Exclusionary. Thank you. This is why you're here, not just because of the tech stuff. I am here to be. Finish my sentence. I am here to be Sam's. Marks and Spencer's <laughs> talking thesaurus. Yeah. Covered in cream. Well, um, hang on a minute. That's, um, that's a different episode um, of Live Download. There really is. Um, so, but even if you don't kind of, you know, like anything about it, you think it's a bag of wank, which I really like that expression right now. Um, for me, I use it as a tool to a little bit like blackmail kind of institutions to be a bit more thoughtful about disability so if you were to just go on any day of the week and go hey let's do it let's do something to incorporate disability into your workplace they'd be a bit like mm, oh, oh, oh. but then when you go hey guys and girls hey team uh, it's disability pride month what are you doing then they all start to panic a little bit because it's like okay this is a designated time where really we should be doing something and it kind of puts that pressure on people it shouldn't because you should be wanting to be more inclusive 365 days a year we all agree on that but the same as lgbtq plus i um pride that is the same no that could be now seen as very very consumer driven you know, um, you some know, some say tokenistic. Absolutely. I am not from the LGBT plus community, but I've heard friends say, you know, companies have have taken pride yeah. and and abused it for what it is. Absolutely, and I, I agree with that. But some part of me, if we if you want to play the game, play it like this. <laughs> you know, uh, and if I can go to the people that I'm working with now and be like, what are you doing? It's Pride Month. You've got a whole month to do something, to be a good advocate, to actively highlight disability in your workplace, put something in your diary. Um, You've also got um, Disability History Month, obviously, in November, or November, December. It's split over two months. 
But that's that's why I get on board with these rather tokenistic or whatever these kind of these um, defined times. I don't always love them again because I worry that it does marginalise people in some respects, and it and it can again be tokenistic. But if it gets people who are not thinking about disability and who would not otherwise mm. think about disability, if it gets them to jump on boards and feel pressured a little bit, then I'm all for it. Maybe people might not agree, but I'm definitely for it. If I, you know, it gives, it, it, it's something tangible that I, as a disability advocate and as a disability consultant, something tangible, I can go along and go, but why aren't you getting involved? But mm. why not? Yeah. Well, why aren't you? Whereas normally it's a bit like I don't have that that hold on people. Unfortunately, it's, it sounds sad, but it's the, the reality. It's true. Um, but outside of that, and I was I was watching a, a lady on Instagram, and I can't for the life of me remember her name, which is terrible. But What's no. my name? Your name's Samantha. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but I can't for the life of me remember her name but she was saying how she felt uncomfortable with Disability Pride Month because you know her disability can suck because she doesn't want to be proud of it and I understand that but I think the thing is for me Disability Pride Month isn't going look at my impairment I'm proud of it it might be for some people but for me yeah. it's not mm-hmm. for me <laughs> Disability Pride Month is about acknowledging that you're part of a community of people doesn't mean that being part of that community doesn't suck at times because trust me it does (laughs) but it's also a massive proponent for me again as an activist and a consultant and all those things to push the social model Mm. and that's Mm. what it's about it's about going I'm proud that I'm part of a community of people that face challenges Mm. day in day out and we're still here Mm. doesn't mean I have a comfortable necessarily 100% comfortable relationship with my impairment I mean we're pretty much settled because I don't know any different and you know I'm 36 years old and and so I've gone through challenges with it but it's for me it's not about being proud of my impairment Mm-hmm. It's about being proud of being part of a community that puts up with a bunch of shit mm. and is still here. Yeah, I mean, so I, I, I lean to agree with you. I think it's that. I think it's also about looking at history and looking at those who have fought for our rights. I'm proud of that. You know, like, just watch Crip Camp just to feel overwhelmingly proud to be loosely affiliated with um you know kind of campaigners who have fought tirelessly to get us you know the ada and the dda which is now the equality act you know like that i feel proud in that i also feel proud in those deaf and disabled people that were murdered during the holocaust and i feel proud that we finally you know only 2014 have a memorial to to commemorate that and the, the persecution of that you know i feel proud to be part of like you said, a group of marginalised people who don't give up. However, I am also proud of being someone with brittle bones because it's my uniqueness. And, yeah, it sucks where I break a bone, but a lot of what I'm finding now is a lot of what I live with from my condition 
has taught me patience, has taught me empathy, has taught me so many things that I might not have um, acquired or maybe not acquired so quickly or deeply if it wasn't because of my impairment, you know? Like, even even just, like, um, risk, ass- right, risk assessment and that whole kind of, you know, seeing the world differently. Mm. I am now getting the benefits of that because me as a critical thinker, that is really helping me in my career. Yeah. You know, and that has all come from having brittle bones, you know, and I actually quite like that about me. Yeah, it sucks at times, but I'm sure the average Joe blog on the street has moments in their lives that sucks because of their gender or their ethnicity or their class. But you know, I think we, I think we, I think we should feel proud, proud, even if our body sometimes tells us to go screw up, like you know, to do one when our body doesn't work or when we're in pain or when we feel, you know, excluded from the world. I still think that we need to feel pride, pride in our uniqueness, even if it's difficult. We can't always see it there, right in our face, you know, because this is us. This is our life. We only get the one life. Mm. You know, so we have to, we don't have to, but, you know, it'd be nice for us to find pride in us and our community and our history. Definitely. You know? Definitely. And, like, of course, it's life downloaded and we're talking about disability pride and all good pride festivals, as led by our friends and partners in the LGBT plus community, have a flag. Flag. Oh, so I was going to do a segue, but you caught me then. So... So we're talking about, you said that Pride and like all the people, you know, being part of a community that faces so much ableism and disabilism. Yeah. And that, that, that bleeds onto, or, or some might think that you are proud because we overcome these obstacles. And one of the flags, so we've got two flags. We do. Um, for Disability Pride. So one is the most more common, which is... Um, I describe it as a David Bowie, Bowie kind of lightning, lightning bolt. I can see why you give it that description. Yeah. But for those that want a, a, an audio description, yes, for those that are visually impaired, it's a it's a flag with a black background covered in. Please, if you could pass me the flag, because my <laughs> brain's completely frozen now. Is it not on the handout? It's, it's written, did you write it in order though? This is the thing. I think so. I think Where's your flag gone? I don't know. I've put I it made somewhere. some flags this morning. We, we I have was flags. like Blue Peter. Indeed. We'll put the picture of the flags on the Instagram. Are you impressed with my sticking them? I am. I'm, I'm really impressed. Creative skills. So, it's a black flag. The base of the flag is black. And then there's a lightning bolt going from the top left-hand corner to the bottom right-hand corner. And the lightning bolt is split into one, two, three, four, five colours. Five colours. The first being green, the second being red, the third being white, the fourth being yellow or gold, and the fifth being blue. So there's your there's your audio description of the flag. But they so the so the five colours they uh, they represent the different I suppose um, impairments or needs or conditions. Oh, the different the different groups within yeah. disability pride is probably the best way to describe yeah. it. And um, of course the black base itself stands for something as well. 
Yeah, so the, the black base stands for obviously those who um, who suffered from violence, ableist violence, or you know, it's kind of those who have um, were more well, more we're also mourning for those who have you know either passed away or have suffered in any way from ableist and disablism, um, which is very poignant, obviously. Um, and I really like it. I think it's great. Um, so it was created by. Anne McGill, I think that's how you Indeed. describe it, a disabled woman, um, and I don't know much more about her, I kind of really want to know a bit more about her, so that is, the, that is probably if you Google the, the disability pride flag, that would be the one that came up like probably first, Yes. Um, and, and I've actually changed my Instagram profile picture to it, however, there is another one called the disability overcoming flag, which is... Um, it is a like a typical like the German flag so horizontal horizontal stripes oh, yeah that took you a little what's wrong with me today horizontal stripes horizontal stripes I think it's yellow or gold and then it goes gold like, silver and bronze according to this oh, description they've handily given why did it not come out as silver I don't know but it's According to the description you've given me, it's gold, silver, and bronze. Okay, so the one that I printed off didn't do the silver. It's come out of, like, white. But you get the gist. I'm sorry, Lola's shouting at me. I think we're being too loud. Sorry, Lola. Um, And, yeah, so this one was... um, I've really switched my glasses, so can you please read this one? Yes, this one was created on the 3rd of December 2017. And it's called The Flag of Overcoming and it's gold, silver and bronze stripes to represent the categories of disability physical, sensory and psychic so I assume that's that's yeah, learning disabilities was, and so on so it, so. Was, um, it was originated in Spain so I think the, I think the um, description that I've got here was, was, was pretty much translated like Directly from Spanish. Yes. You know, so I do apologise, but yeah, that's obviously... And it was created by a dancer who who has Down syndrome, Eros Rico. Yeah, he was from Valencia and he was the first professional dancer with Down syndrome. Indeed. And I I don't know, I feel a bit like just hearing the word overcoming flag. I don't know, it just makes me go... Yeah, um, it is challenging and it's, it's... Challenging when you're talking about disability across international boundaries generally Mm -hmm. because of where the disability movement is in various cultures. Um, I know this from uh, from a job I worked on recently. And especially when you're using the United Nations for a point of language because the United Nations base a lot of their disability-based language around the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Mm -hmm. And the Universal Declaration of Human Rights came out about 20 years ago now, I think. Please don't quote me on that. I could be wrong. Um, And in turn, disability language and social model language and the disability movement has progressed a lot since then. Mm -hmm. So they will still use terms internationally Mm -hmm. like persons with disabilities. And And is that why America uses it more? Think so. I think so. But I, th- I think that's it. But I think our American friends are very much more coming on to social model, oh, what we call social model language, and using disabled people rather than persons with disabilities. 
Um, and obviously you've got the the whole issue of personal choice and somebody being preferred to call differently abled, which makes personally me want to smack my head against the desk. Mm-hmm. But that is my personal choice if it's how you prefer to to identify all power to your elbow. But <laughs> because I subscribe to the social model that we've talked about time and time again here on Life Downloaded, mm-hmm. for me you're a disabled person, flat out. But you're not disabled by your impairment, of course. You're disabled by the world being inaccessible and people's attitudes. Here, here. Um, yeah, so that's a bit of a weird one, but I I don't know. I, don't, I think we're going to put some pictures up of us uh, with our flags, my homemade flags. Um, but it's great. I mean, do you know what? The amount of disabled people who've actually DM'd me after my Metro column saying, thank you so much for educating me or uh, so I think there's definitely a shift in positive shift in culture to people actively wanting to get involved and I appreciate again it's, it's, it's like Marmite some people hate it some people won't I don't I don't necessarily think that something that at its heart wants you to hold your head up high um, feel feel pride and feel loved and feel unashamed unashamed to be authentically you I think anything that does that can't be a bad thing. No. No, I think anything that encourages somebody to be themselves and be comfortable with themselves and and embrace themselves and who they are and all the different parts of themselves is never going to be mm. a bad thing. It's never going to be a bad thing. And hopefully, you know, if this flag, the disability pride flag, or even the overcoming flag, which Sam and I have our own feelings about, we're not necessarily comfortable with it, but if it works for you and it empowers you to do stuff, go ahead. Absolutely. So on that note, because I feel like this has been a really, really long podcast. We we are we have gone a bit longer than usual. Have we? Yeah. How much longer? About ten minutes. Wowzers. It's all that talk of your music video with Boy George. Shut up, you. <laughs> oh, that was pure gold. That was an insight into behind the scenes. Into of Samantha Rank. Creative process. <laughs> um, but on that note, because I guess what? You need to go to the loo. Yes, I do. Um, and that is normally a sign that we need to stop. And Lola just gave you the dirtiest look. Look at her. Yeah. What are you <laughs> when you said that big yay? She, she looked at you with filth. pure, pure, filth. pure hatred in her yeah. eyes. She's like, how dare you make so much noise, noise when I'm sleeping. in <laughs> my house while I'm sleeping. <laughs> Okay. Bruno, come save me. I know, me. where's Bruno? Where's your man friend? Yeah. So it's um, all boys together. I know, I thought that's why I thought, you know, I'll get, get you a little friend there, so you're not outnumbered. <laughs> hey ho. Uh, right, we're going to say thank you so much. It's so nice to be back. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for indulging us, as always. And it's been a pleasure. Happy Pride. Happy no Disability matter, Pride. Yeah, happy Disability Pride, no matter what that means. We're filming this after the day, the day after the European Football Championship semi finals. So England, do us a favour. <laughs> Win on Sunday. Oh, I don't know. I'm German, so we're out. Uh, but so you, really... but you've lived it. You're, no, you've lived it long my enough. Loyal, my loyalties are thick to Germany. But yeah, England, do us a favour. Go on, lads. We, go win the whole thing. <laughs> um, good luck to England on Sunday. Hope everybody's staying safe and well. Yes. This is probably going to go out after the final. It might take a while if we're all crying. Because you're out of practice. From because anything. I'm out of practice. Uh, um, but look after yourselves, everybody. Yes. This will go live when it goes live. We hope you're well. Happy Disability Pride Month. 
and we'll do another episode soon. Hello. Take what care, everybody. Called? What is this one going to be called? I don't know. Pride and... Pride Boy George and... I've got Pride and... No, Pride and Prejudice. Pride and No Prejudice. Pride and No Prejudice. There we Amazing. go. Pride and No Prejudice. Okay, right. And that I goes. should trademark that. Bye, um, bye everybody. <laughs> bye. <laughs>